Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Hi, I'm Tom Cantor, and today we're going to continue in our study of the book of Exodus. So let's first of all begin with prayer. Father, we thank you so much for being a God who records history for our benefit. Lord, who points out in history the lessons that we need to learn today for our lives so that we cannot be, Lord, as the ox and as the horse that has to be turned around with bit and bridle. Lord, that we can use our minds that you have planted within us Lord, truths so that we can make decisions that will please God. Help us today, Lord, as we open your Bible, study your word, Lord, that we might hear from God the instruction of our Father. And we pray these things as his children in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 1, and it's a remarkable passage here as we start, and we're going to Read Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher, And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. Verse 6, and Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. We just want to really cover just this first part here in these opening verses in the book of Exodus, because there's something very, very dramatic that jumps out at us, and it's really found in these first few words here in verse 1 speaks about the, these are the names. It's really the first word in the book of Exodus is this Hebrew word for name, Shem, the word names, Shmot. And that's really the first word here, Shmot, B'nai Yisrael, names of Israel, of the children of Israel. And so, therefore, as we've said before, this is the name that was given to this book that we call Exodus. In Hebrew, it's called Shmot, names, after that first name, first word of the book as it opens here. But you go beyond that, the names of the children of Israel, and you read this phrase, you just catch these words out of the first verse, and the phrase is this, Israel which came into Egypt. Just that, 
Just that phrase, just capture that phrase, Israel, which came into Egypt. And you look at that, and you stand back, and you say to yourself, something's very wrong here. What is Israel doing in Egypt? Why isn't Israel in Israel? But Israel was in Egypt. That's the opening for this book. Israel which came into Egypt. We want to just step back and think about that a little bit. Israel in Egypt, it shouldn't be. Israel should be in the land of Israel. But God had it so that Israel came into Egypt, a land that was not theirs, a land in which they would be a stranger, a land in which they would be an alien, a land in which they would be a foreigner. Israel came into Egypt. Think about that. Israel, which came into Egypt in verse 1. And this is how our book opens. I mean, here was to be a country. Here was to be a people. Israel. What people is this? The people of God. The children of Israel. The children of God. Israel. God has many, many things to say about this particular people, the Jewish people. He's called them the apple of his eye. He said in the scriptures, he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of mine eye, the very center of mine eye. How sensitive is the eye in our body? Very sensitive. A speck of dust gets in there and immediately it's calls to our attention and we do what we need to remove it. God says, Israel is the apple, the center of my eye. Not just the side, but the center. And he says, he that toucheth you, toucheth the apple, the center of mine eye. God's focus, God's eye is on this people of Israel. He said that. The great God of the universe, the God of creation, is focused on a people, a very, very small people, as it says here, 70 souls that came into Egypt, plus the ones that were already there from Joseph. Very small people, very small, in the midst of a very large number of people, most perhaps the most populous nation at that time, the nation of Egypt. And this very small group of people with God's eye on them, which came into this very large group, very great populous nation, Egypt. Very important phrase, Israel, which came into Egypt. Here was to be for God, his people, that were going to expand in numbers, that were going to expand in their understanding of God, that were going to blossom, not only physically, but also in their ability to do the will of God, which was to carry the knowledge of God to the rest of the world. As Joseph had faithfully done that, in Egypt, there was a time earlier in the book of Genesis when Joseph 
came into Egypt. And Joseph came into Egypt as a kind of a prophecy or a guide for what would happen when his people, now in Exodus 1-1, came into Egypt. And we watched Joseph as he came into Egypt. And we saw his family that had rejected him. And therefore, he was sold as a slave. And that's why Joseph came into Egypt. But we saw how a tremendous terrible event had come upon the Egyptian people. And God loves the Egyptian people. And we saw how this event was beyond their capability to handle a famine, a starvation. And we saw how God sent one man, Joseph, who came into Egypt for the benefit of the Egyptians, so that he could, with the knowledge of God, bring to them the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God was to gather up into storehouses during seven years of plenty, to provide for the seven years of starvation. That was God's plan of salvation for the Egyptian people brought to them by one Jewish man named Joseph who came into Egypt. And now we see his people called Israel or the children of Israel which came into Egypt. And so there was going to be a benefit for Egypt, not just of pyramids built, but of the knowledge of God being brought in with them as a result of them coming into this foreign land. And there was also going, as there was a benefit for the Egyptians already in the life of Joseph, Joseph came into Egypt and God blessed Joseph. So this very, very important phrase, Israel, which came into Egypt, has its counterpart way back in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 28. There we read these words. Then there passed by the Midianites merchantmen, and they drew out and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Those were the circumstances. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were, but those were the circumstances. Joseph under a great duress. Joseph under an affliction of being sold into slavery. There are no second causes with God. That was God's purpose. That was God's purpose to accomplish the three words in verse 28 of Genesis 37. Joseph into Egypt. They brought Joseph into Egypt. And oh, the blessing that came to the Egyptians because they brought Joseph into Egypt. Oh, the blessing that came to the Egyptians because Joseph's brothers 
sold him into slavery. And therefore, the Midianites, they brought him, they brought Joseph into Egypt. Oh, the blessing that will come to the Egyptians, as we're going to see in our book here in Exodus, because a famine chased the children of Israel out of the land of Canaan. That's the reason why it says here in verse 1, Israel came into Egypt and blessing came to the Egyptians. Oh, the blessing that came to the world because Romans crucified the Lord Jesus Christ on a cross. Because there was a day when God came into the world. He dressed himself in flesh and entered into this world. And it was told to Mary, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of the Highest. There was a day when the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world. Oh, the blessing that came to the world. There was a day when Joseph came into Egypt, was brought into Egypt. Oh, the blessing that came to the Egyptians. And there was a time, there was a day when Israel came into Egypt and the blessing that came to the Egyptians. So, the blessing that's coming to the Egyptians, there's also going to be a blessing that's going to come to Israel. Why? Egypt is God's incubator. It's the place where God is going to incubate his people from a small group to a large group, from less than 100 people to millions of people. And all of this was predicted to Abraham three generations earlier. And if you turn to that very important passage, Genesis 15, 12 through 14, where we read these words where Abraham was told that his seed was going to be in Egypt for 400 years. And here's what happened, Genesis 15, 12 through 14. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Now, God had referred already to Abraham as his friend. And that was given to us in 2 Chronicles 20. Verse 7, where it says, Art now thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. You see, it was commonly spoken about in Israel that Abraham was the friend of God forever. And so 
What we have in Genesis 15 is we have a friend speaking to a friend. We have God speaking to his ever friend, Abraham. And so as God, the forever friend of Abraham, speaks to him of his seed that will come, it's so important to God that he revealed to Abraham, his friend, that his seed is going to go into Egypt. This was revealed to Abraham, this first verse, Israel came into Egypt. This was revealed to Abraham. And then the setting of this, it says in Genesis 15 that this was a setting of a horror of great darkness, tremendous darkness, when God says to Abraham that he should know without a shadow of a doubt, of no of a surety, God says. And what was it that was such a horror that Abraham was to know about without any shadow of a doubt? What was it? It was that his seed was going to be a stranger in a land that is not their own. And that in this land where they will be foreigners, that his seed would become slaves. And as slaves, they would be abused. Great affliction. Actually, it's going to be systematic extermination. But that his seed would see their oppressors judged by God and that his seed would leave Egypt after four generations. At that time, a generation was about 100 years, and they would leave with a great, great wealth. Israel, strangers in a land that is not theirs. You know, these words are the words that God used to describe Egypt, the country that Israel was going to expand in. God called it a place where his people would be a stranger in a land not theirs. You know, you and I are in this world. We're in this world as believers. We've been saved in this world. How did God view his Jewish people in Egypt? He said in Deuteronomy 33, verses two and three, and he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran and he came with 10,000 of his saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. What did God feel when he saw Israel come into Egypt? He looked on them, as we've said, and he said he loved them. He felt love for them. He looked on them and love welled up for his people. But he knew that some things had to change in his people. Some things had to change through pain. And this pained him, but it had to be. So the loving father allowed certain things to happen to the Jewish people in Egypt that was very, very painful, but it was all out of his love for them. Great love for them. He saw they needed to learn to call upon God. They needed to walk with God. They needed to expand. They needed a country to incubate in. They needed a place to grow. Therefore, Israel came into Egypt. And when they first came into Egypt, they came in very good. They came in as VIPs. They were given the most fertile land of the country called the land of Goshen, right up there at the top of the Nile. That's where Joseph, the prime minister, had settled them. That was the best land for cattle. Cattlemen were abominations to the Egyptians, but that was what the Israelites were. They were cattlemen, and so they, they let them have that land. And by the time Joseph died, he saw his people prospering. 
doing very well. And that's how we see them as the book of Exodus opens for us. Actually, we didn't read it, but in verse 7 it says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Before Joseph died, he got to see his people blossom in the land of Egypt. In fact, we really need to divide the time when Israel was in Egypt into two parts. Part one, Israel is prosperous in Egypt. And part two, Israel is suffering in Egypt. Now, why did there have to be a part two? I mean, this is the question of the Jewish people. Why couldn't there only be a part one? It's like the fiddler on the roof. I realize it's no great shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. (laughs) He says, why does there have to be a part two? Why couldn't there just be a part one? As much as the Egyptians loved Joseph, and as much as Egypt had been very good to Joseph and his family, Joseph knew that his brothers, that his people, that his his brethren would be in great danger of saying, who needs the land that God has promised? What could be better than the land of Goshen? What could be better than the land of Egypt for us? Sure, they practice idolatry here, but if they stay on their side, we stay on our side, everything will be all right. Let's rethink this whole notion of leaving Egypt. Now, Joseph had lived in Egypt for decades, and Egypt had been very, very good eventually to Joseph, and Joseph was the most powerful man in Egypt, second to Pharaoh. But Joseph looked at Egypt, and he said, There's a big problem here. Egypt is a land without God. What is most important for me, Joseph could say, is to live a life with God. It is to be with God. So as good as Egypt is, it's not my home. And I am a stranger here. And as nice as Egypt has been to me, I want to leave. Because I don't want to stay any longer than I have to in a land without God. And Joseph thought, This, even though he had wealth, he had servants ready to do whatever he said, anything he wanted, Joseph saw clearly that all Egypt could offer was what's described in 1 John 2.16. For all that's in the world, and he could plug in all that's in Egypt. For all that's in the world, the lust of the eye, the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And as Joseph looked at Egypt, he could say everything that's in Egypt, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of God, it's of the world. And Joseph knew, James 4.4, that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Joseph's world was Egypt, so he very well could have said, friendship with Egypt is enmity with God. James 4.4 says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Joseph could say, whosoever there will be a friend of Egypt is an enemy of God. And there's one thing that Joseph didn't want. He didn't want to be an enemy of God. He wanted to be a friend of God. And for Joseph, that was his highest priority, to be a friend of God. And if friendship with Egypt put him in enmity with God, then Joseph would reject Egypt and be its enemy so that he could be a friend of God because he knew this would be a great temptation for his people. So Joseph made a lasting memorial, very interesting memorial, but he was a promise 
And we have to look in the last verses of the book of Genesis to see this. The last few verses in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 to 26, reads like this. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which you swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at TomCantor at FriendshipWithGod.org, Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 